The AZ industry is rapidly changing, but your team doesn't have time to reinvent workflows for every new technology or client demand. ProjectWise, powered by iTwin, puts you in control and positions your firm for non-disruptive change. Whether you need to improve design quality, optimize existing processes, or even get started with digital delivery and digital twins, ProjectWise enables you to make the most of what you already have without starting over. Visit go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to see how ProjectWise is empowering AEC firms to do more with less. Once again, that's go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. We are coming to you from our annual convention here in Washington, D.C. And this podcast is brought to you by Bentley Systems. Today, we are joined by Charlie Blackwell-Thompson, a space flight engineer and veteran of the space shuttle era. She's the first female launch director at the Kennedy Space Center and the first woman to oversee a NASA liftoff and launch team, specifically for the Artemis program. Charlie, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here today. We should also say one of the reasons she's joining us is because ACEC is bestowing the Distinguished Award of Merit on Charlie. It is the council's highest award that's given to an individual, and it's a it's a very select group of folks who receive this award, so we're really excited to have you with us. Well, I am deeply honored to be here and to be selected for this award. It's uh, sometimes a lot to really take in when you see the list of names that have been prior recipients. You are in good company, certainly with President Eisenhower, Herbert Hoover, Carl Sagan, Neil Armstrong. I know, I, I read this, it's really, it is hard to put, to wrap your mind around that your name would appear with, with heroes uh, like that. But you have done so much in the space flight world. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey? Um, absolutely. I started at Kennedy Space Center over 30 years ago. It's, it's hard for me to believe it's been that long because, you know, when you start a job, you think, oh, I'll, I'll do this for a few years and, and maybe do something different. But there's something really special about launch operations. And uh, I started at Kennedy Space Center was right out of college. I remember the day that I walked into the firing ring for the very first time, and I knew I want to be a part of this team that works in here that that tests out uh, and makes spacecraft ready to go fly. And at the time, it was the space shuttle. Um, did that throughout the space shuttle program. I worked in uh, in payloads, and what payloads is the cargo that you carry on board uh, the space shuttle. So I had an opportunity to work on the Hubble Space Telescope, International Space Station assembly elements, and it was in the testing of the avionics systems, integrating them, testing them, installing the payload into the shuttle. So I did that for a number of years. I worked for one of the commercial contractors uh, at Kennedy Space Center, responsible for that work, and then I joined NASA in the early 2000s in the NASA Test Director Office. 
did that for uh, a while until the space shuttle program ended. And so that job, you you actually hear that voice quite a bit during the shuttle uh, launch countdown operations because they're executing the launch countdown on behalf of the launch director. So I was very fortunate to work in testing out ready in the space shuttle go fly uh, until the program ended in 2011 and then and then began working shortly after that on uh, what is now Artemis. So a lot of years working in the firing room and uh, working in launch ops, but there's no place that I'd rather be. And I have to say, it's a really exciting time to be involved at NASA. It's fun for me. I've got little boys and we get up and watch the space flight and kids are excited about it again. Can you talk a bit about advice you might have for kids who want to pursue these STEM careers, particularly little girls who, you know, there's there's that implicit bias that they get directed, redirected it just into something else instead of science, engineering. So what I would say to all young people and to especially young women is absolutely consider STEM. I mean, go for it because um, it sets such a great foundation. Engineering, I can speak for myself, so it's such a great foundation for me. And, you know, I had a very special high school physics teacher that encouraged me to think about engineering. And this was 30 plus years ago when there weren't a lot of women in engineering. And one of the things that he said to me, and I asked him, well, what would I do with that? What would I do with that degree? And he said, what couldn't you do? And so that's what I would say to young people today. What couldn't you do? When you look around, engineering is everywhere. And space flight is, to me, is so exciting. It's about revealing the unknown. It's about going beyond where we go today and taking that next step. And you're returning to the moon for the first time in 50 years, over 50 years. And what's next? It is the generation, it's the Artemis generation that will chart the course for what's next. The moon, Mars, and then And that's what I say to young people. You get to decide. You get to, to determine where we'll go and how we'll go. You'll be part of the discoveries that happen as a result of that. So it's a, it's, it is an exciting time. It's an exciting time for NASA. It's an exciting time for our country and our international partners. It's an exciting time for humanity. You talked about the bedrock that engineering has given you and what can you do with it. Can you? Can you talk a little bit about the role that, that systems thinking, that system engineering plays and how you approach a launch mission? Absolutely. If you think about Artemis One, so Artemis One was a test flight, all about testing out the capabilities before we put crew on board for Artemis Two. And then Artemis Two is that, you know, adding that next layer, adding the crewed systems, adding the flight crew, testing that out before you approach Artemis three and landing on the moon. And I think about engineering and how you approach, you know, your projects in engineering and you start out with, here's what we want to do. Here's our requirement set. Here's how we're going to go test this incrementally and we're going to build upon it. And each of those tests, it's more complex. And eventually, you know, you're adding to that portfolio as you go. So it is very much in line with you know, I think back to projects that I had in engineering school, and while they were very different than the ones I have today, the principles of what does it have to do? How am I going to test it? 
how am I going to put it together? What is this system, you know, these very complicated systems, how do they all fit together? How do I test it? And then, you know, how does it fit this broad architecture and these goals that we're, that we're you know, moving toward? A lot of variables. It's it is. As it is. Forward. As a engineer in the space industry, what emerging technologies or engineering advancements do you find most exciting for the future of launch operations? Well, that's that's a hard one because there's so many. But when I think about a little bit closer uh, to home in the firing room, as an example, you know, I look back at the Apollo missions and there were 400 people in firing one, over 400 when we launched Apollo 11 on that historic flight. And if you look at what's in front of them, they're, you know, they're looking at strip chart recorders. They're looking at gauges and lights. If you then fast forward to shuttle, and it was a big advancement. You know, we had in front of us in the shuttle program, one display unit, and we could have a, an application or a program running, if you will, a display that had a number of different measurements and commands and capabilities that were built into that. And you could have six of them six of them running at the same time, and you could swap between them, but you probably look at one at a time. And so if you think about like technology and command and control function, what we carry around on our cell phones, you know, um, and I look at the firing room today, and, you know, it looks very similar to most folks work here. You multiple uh, monitors in front of you. You can stack displays. You can move them. Things have color with them. You, you know, there's human factors aspects that are that are engineered. And, and it's really different than when I, when I look back. And, of course, it changes the makeup of the team. It changes the workload on, on the human in the loop. And so for me, I think... What will that launch team look like when we go to Mars? You know, what will technology allow you to do that we can't do today? What are those advanced diagnostics, those new ways of, of you know, imagery systems and other things that you'll incorporate in that'll really change the way that you prepare for launch? So we're looking ahead and wondering. Yes. That's, I think that's the way of the, the way of NASA is looking wondering what else we do, what else is this. This question, I think, um, is something that we could all use more help with. Launch operations require extensive teamwork and collaboration and communication. How do you foster that effective communication among the different teams when you've got a launch coming up? Well, you know, it starts way before launch. And so a lot of folks think about launch and they think, oh, that's the day you walk in there and you've got a couple of hours left. So we have been building the Artemis II launch countdown, which is at the end of next year. We've been working on that in parallel with our Artemis One work. And then now we're very focused on it. But, you know, here we are, what, a year and a half from launch. And so our team meets regularly. So I think it starts way before launch. And I think it is setting the tone and the expectation that of communication. Um, it, it is being available to your team and, and it's not just necessarily 
I, I mean, I do have an open door policy. You can come see me anytime. There's something um, on your mind or something we need to talk about. But I think it's also important for leaders to be engaged with the workforce, to be on the floor. To, you know, I, I love nothing better when the vehicle's at the pad than going out to the pad and and walking our mobile launcher down and talking to the technicians and the quality and the engineers that are working there and, and hearing from them. Um, it is so important because you want to know, you know, well, what's that thing that maybe is making this job really difficult to go do that you may not even be aware of? And, uh, or what is the thing that's challenging you? How can I help you? And so communication is, is so important and it's really important in the launch environment in that time critical situation. You know, I always want my team to know that, you know, you, you, you have to speak up, you have to identify issues. Um, it is critically important in the work that we do that we have that open dialogue. You have to have that ability to raise the alarm if, if necessary or tweak things as you're moving forward. Um, and I think our members can certainly uh, relate to the idea of projects that take years and years and years from concept to coming to fruition. We're going to see many of those at our Engineering Excellence Awards. Um, so that's certainly something that, that we can relate to. Charlie, is there anything else you want to share with us or any parting words of wisdom? Well, I can't think of anything. Um, I do agree with how you started out, that it is an exciting time for NASA. I personally look forward to flying Artemis II and crew um, coming up here in about a year and a half. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that we've learned through the Hubble Space Telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope is, you know, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there to explore. And, uh it is an exciting time. It's an exciting time for our country. It's an exciting time for the youth. And um, I can't wait to see all that we're going to learn. We're watching right along with you. Charlie Blackwell Thompson, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.